I live in a stream of information about Islam and the apologist for Islam. And there's a newspaper article that crossed my desk, and I thought it was intriguing. This is from the uh, Jewish Federation. It's a newspaper. And it had an article inside with an op-ed piece by an imam. And so I was intrigued by this. What is the imam telling the Jewish Federation? Well, he is telling them, I condemn with the strongest language any act of terrorism. That's what he says. Well, it sounds wonderful. And of course, the Jewish observer reacts to this with great positive. It's like, here we have a Muslim who is saying that he wants no part of terrorism. The only thing is, when you read the entire article, it's a compilation of standard arguments that are filled with flaws that are deceptive in the sense that they don't tell the whole truth and they cover up the real truth. So these are old arguments and this is sad because you'd like to think that the leaders in the community would have better knowledge. And by the way, it's not just that the Jewish community leadership seems to be ignorant. The Christians are just as bad. Now, what does this article say and what does it not say? It says that he condemns terrorism, but it does not say that he condemns jihad. After all, would he condemn the violence where Muhammad killed 800 Jews in one day? Because you see, that's Sunnah. It's the perfect example of the perfect Muslim life. I don't think he's going to be condemning that terror. Is he going to condemn the fact that Muhammad repeatedly had his political enemies assassinated? Seems terrible to me, but no, that's part of jihad and the imam will not be condemning that. Because you see, the imam knows that there's terrorism, there's jihad, and there's war, harb. So he knows what he's talking about. It's just that his audience is confused. They think, well, if he's condemning terrorism, he's condemning jihad. He is not. The imam goes ahead to say and talk about innocence. And he quotes something from the Quran. And this quote is, is that it, to preserve one innocent person, it is as though you preserved all of humanity. And if you harm one innocent person, it is as though you have harmed all humanity. This is found in Surah 5, verse 33. But the Imam didn't give us all of the Quran. You see, that verse about harming the innocent starts off with, and unto the Jews we gave the commandment that whoever harmed one innocent, it is as though they harmed all of humanity. Because you see, the very next verse, the 33rd verse, gives directions on Muslims how to conduct specific kinds of jihad. So this discussion of innocence here is deceptive. The Imam brings up the Hadith of Bukhari and mentions a Hadith about how not even insects are to be harmed unless it's just absolutely unavoidable. Very nice, very pleasant, and I happen to agree with it. But you know there's a lot more in Bukhari than protecting innocent ants. For instance, 8.9% of the textual doctrine of Bukhari is about Jew hatred. And goodness gracious, he may condemn terrorism, but 21% of the Hadith by Bukhari are about Jihad. And by the way, one of the Hadith in Bukhari, the shortest one because it's only three words long, is this. War is deceit. There's also an irony in this newspaper talking about the Imam with his lack of terrorism. This same newspaper refused an advertisement by my friend and colleague Andrew Bostom. Who is Andrew Bostom? The world's foremost authority on Islamic Jew hatred. 
but this paper wouldn't run an ad for his talk. There's another aspect of this. Since the clergyman, the imam, is a clergyman, you figure, well, he's telling you the truth. Really? Because you see, Islam is much more than a religion. The bulk of Islamic doctrine is political. So the imam is not only a religious man, but he's a politician as well. Now let me ask you a question. Would a politician lie to you? I think you know the answer to that. Now, let's stop and take a look at what a real dialogue and a real discussion of Islam would be. First off, it would not occur in a newspaper of any sort because real dialogue needs to take place in private with scholars, with religious leaders, political leaders, and quietly and over a long period of time. It needs to be done outside of the public eye. So we need to stop this drive-by PR event to paint Islam really wonderful and instead let's all sit down as serious people and use fact-based reasoning. That would be a real dialogue. Thank you.